It was after the resurrection. Jesus appeared a few times to the disciples. And on one occasion in particular that we're going to be taking a look at in the Gospel of John chapter 21. It appears to me that Jesus was seeking to get a glimpse, to get an understanding of where the disciples were. Were they really with him or not? Because if you remember that when it came crunch time before, they all disappeared. In fact, Scripture says they were watching from a distance. Even Peter, who had said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Even Peter, who said, I'll die for you, denied him. And now as Jesus has shown himself to them a few times, and this time is kind of a, a different one as they've been fishing, and now they're gathered around a fire and having some fresh fish on the fire. Yeah. I am hungry. And he begins to ask some questions of Peter. Now, the questions weren't just for Peter. It was just addressed to him. But I believe what Jesus was seeking was to find out, Peter, are you decisively engaged with me? I don't know if that phrase means anything to you. It's generally used in the military. To be decisively engaged. Because he was seeking to find out, Peter, are you with me or not? Now, not are you saying it, because Peter had said it and then denied and ran away. He was trying to find out, are you decisively engaged with me, with the cause. Now, the best definition, and this came from um, a book I read several years ago called Extreme Ownership. It was written by two Navy SEALs. If you've read anything, know anything about what they go through and the training and the discipline, it, it, it's just incredible. These guys, after they retired from the military, sat down one time and talked about what, what did we learn. And they came up with some principles of leadership and of ownership. And this got to me several years ago. Decisively engaged. The definition that's used for it is decisive engagement in warfare. It's an engagement in which a unit is considered fully committed and cannot maneuver or extricate itself in the absence of outside assistance. They are fully engaged, committed, and cannot get out of it by themselves without outside assistance. This week in particular, as that phrase has just been resonating in my heart and mind, that last phrase, without outside assistance, took on a whole new meaning to me. 
Because I'm going, that's how it's supposed to be with the Lord. That I recognize that I'm in this for however long is needed. But I also recognize that without his help, outside assistance, <laughs> I've already lost. Militarily, it means we realize we got to fight our way out of this. Spiritually, it means we recognize I'm in this for whatever, Lord. But I am fully dependent on you. I'm going to do what you say, Lord. I'm going to follow your strategy, your principles, use your strength. But <laughs> if you don't show up, I already know I lost. And the thing that convicted me this week as I was studying was it's one thing to preach this. It's one thing to nod to it on a Sunday morning or a Saturday afternoon at a ladies day. It's another thing to be decisively engaged in it on Monday at work or on Wednesday at home or driving in Chicago. Or looking at your bills compared to your budget. Or sitting in the doctor's office awaiting the results. Decisively engaged indicates my choice. Because you see, each of us have to make our own choice. Nobody else gets to make the choice for us. And your choice is your choice. It's not mine. I have to choose and decide for myself. Decisively engaged in this and realize this is for the long haul. But without Christ, without that outside assistance, I've already lost. So let me ask you, what Jesus was asking Peter. Are you decisively engaged with Christ? Or is it just words? See, I think he wanted to know, Peter, I see you're wearing the uniform, but are you in it? I played a lot of sports. I've coached a lot of sports. And one of the things I realized is we might all be wearing the same uniform, but we might not all be equally committed to the team. See, you can go buy an authentic jersey. Doesn't mean you're on that team. Spiritually speaking, I think some of us have put on the jersey because it looks good. We're wearing the jersey so others see us in it. We put on the jersey because we're a big fan. The question is, are you decisively engaged in what he's called you to do? Take a look with me. The scripture, your Bibles or the Bible on your devices. The Gospel of John, the New Testament, chapter 21, beginning at verse 15 and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. 
says, when they had finished breakfast. Man, a lot of food references here today. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Peter, and Jesus then said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Decisively engaged. Recognizing I'm committed to this, to Christ, to his purpose and his call. Decisively engaged, not just committed to this, not just recognizing the situation, but also acknowledging and confessing that without him, we've lost. Are you decisively engaged with Christ today, tomorrow, at church, at home? When nobody's looking or when everybody's looking. Now look at this. Jesus asks the poignant question. Do you love me? And he asked him three times. Verse 15, verse 16, verse 17. Do you love me? Here's the, the, the definitive and one of the most important questions that you must answer. Do you love Jesus? You've got to answer it to him. But you know... Those in your circle want to know the answer to that question also. They may not ask you all the time, do you love me? But they want to know, are you with me? Are you decisively engaged in our relationship? Committed to it no matter how good or bad it might appear? Committed to the fact that you recognize that as you give everything to it, that without Christ in our relationship, it won't work. Do you love me? Now you see, Jesus asked that three times. 
Each time he then gave Peter an action. Feed my lambs. Tend to my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feeding and tending is caring for, guiding, providing. We are to be decisively engaged, not just with Christ, but with each other. Do you love me? Now, it's interesting, the first time he asked it, he said, do you love me more than these? And there's all kinds of debate and argument, and basically we don't know for sure what he meant by that, but we can make some assumptions that I think are fair. One is looking around at the group, the team, the group of disciples, those closest to him and to Christ at that time. Do you love me more than this group? But I also believe that was a broader question. Do you love me more than these? The stuff that comes in life. The positions, the recognition, the power, the stuff. Do you love me more than all that stuff? One of the tough things in the English language is we have one word for love. Love. In the Greek, they had a few different words, and they had different meaning. One was, you know, yeah, I love you. Yay. <laughs> Another was, yeah, I love you. And there's a little more intimacy in this. And then the agape love, Christ's love, it is that all in, all the time, unconditional love. Do you love me? more than all of this we have to answer that question to find out if we're decisively engaged and then once we say that we love him then the real test comes for you see after Peter said yes then Jesus said so here's what you should be doing because you see if you love someone then your actions will testify to it. If you say you love someone, but your actions don't testify to it, then they cannot believe what you said. Let that marinate for a while. If we love him, our actions will show it. If we love each other, our actions will show it. Regularly, continually, in all things. For you see, your actions follow your heart. Your actions follow your choices. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. That's why Jesus added an action every time Peter said yes. The other thing is, in Peter's case, the actions that Jesus gave him were not the ones that he had been doing. Peter had been speaking boldly. He had made a lot of proclamations. I'll never leave you. And then he did. I'll die for you. And then he ran away from a little girl. His actions did not match his words.
I told somebody a phrase that I had grown up hearing, found out it evidently wasn't everywhere or I'm really old. But it was the phrase that said, you need to make sure the tongue in your shoes matches the tongue in your mouth. Now, the problem with that, if you're wearing sandals, you have no tongue on them. Or you're wearing Crocs, you got no tongue on it. So, But the picture was, does your walk follow your talk? Or do you say one thing and go a different way? Decisively engaged. Do you love me? But you see, that also implies because of the actions that Jesus told him, you have to answer the second question. And that is, do you love others? Because Jesus said every time when Peter said, yes, I love you, he said, then do this. And Jesus didn't say, do this for me. He said, do this for others. Feed the lambs, the sheep. Tend to them, care for them, guide them. Do you love others? Because if you love Christ, you must love others. Who? You only have to love those Jesus loves. Anybody he doesn't love, you don't have to love. In case you're not sure, he loves everyone. So anytime the question comes up, Especially among, uh, Joyce Landorf wrote a book called Irregular People. The premise of the book was there are certain people in your life that are just irregular to you. In other words, they irritate you. She was just kinder. They're the ones who have you shake your head and go, what were they thinking? They're the ones who do and say things and you go, what? Like you do to me every week. Do you love others? For if you love him, your actions toward others prove whether or not you are decisively engaged in his mission. Do you love others? If so, then your life will point to it. If you love others, your actions will show that. Whether you're outgoing or not is not the issue. The issue is... What do you do for others? Because if you claim to love others, then you will do things for others. You'll pray for them. You'll serve them. You'll reach out to them. And on and on the list goes. But the interesting thing is, Jesus gave Peter a glimpse, and he didn't understand at the time. It might be a good thing that he didn't understand it. When he gave that little thing where he said, you know, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and, you know, went where you wanted to go, but they're going to dress you. It was reference to the fact that Peter was crucified also. He died a difficult death, according to history. He's saying, you're going to be in a position you don't get to choose. Are you still with me? And then he gave them the last command in verse 19. Did you catch that? The very last thing after Jesus had asked the questions, told him to, to feed and care for others, he then said to him, follow me. Will you follow me? 
You see, you need to follow him even if you're not sure of what comes next. I fully confess that can be one of the most difficult parts of following Christ. Because he has this tendency to say, follow me. And when you say, to where, he says, follow me. Where are we going? And he says, yes. You ever experienced that? Or maybe you got the first step, but you go, what, what comes after that? So I'm prepared. And he says, yes. In fact, that's why I've been known to say a time or two. The bottom line is just take the next right step. If you're decisively engaged, you take the next right step. They say, but what's the second step? Yes. You don't need to know the next step till you've taken the first one. Now, I some of you right now went, oh, yes, I do. I need to know. I got a plan. Nothing wrong with planning. I have a tendency to create a lot of to-do lists after I'm done. If you want to feel accomplished at the end of the day, write down everything you did, put to-do at the top, and check them all off. You feel wonderfully accomplished because you did everything on your to-do list. Seriously, I do that sometimes. Follow me. Follow me now. Follow me next. Follow me wherever, whenever, with whomever. It's always exciting to see babies, especially someone else's at this stage for me. But I love one of the joys of ministry. There are several doing baptisms and, you know, different things. But one of the, oh, just ultimate things is doing a baby dedication. But it's really misnamed. I mean, Technically, what it is, is the parents dedicating the child. But the truth is, that's a point in life when the child is completely dependent on them. Even though the child's in control. <laughs> you don't believe that? Ask parents of newborns. <laughs> You're on their schedule sometimes. They can't say anything, and yet they control things. It's an amazing thing that we lose as we get older. But one of the things I love about it is this. The truth is, in a baby dedication, it's really a parent dedication of the baby. The child's not speaking or choosing this. The parents are. And part of the process is, the question gets asked, do you come today to fully, completely surrender, dedicate your child to the Lord for his will in his life or her life? And the parents Nod, mumble, blink, something positive, affirmative. But you see, they're still holding the child. They're still, they think, in control. But the truth is, if you truly dedicate them, then it's no longer your child. 
It's acknowledging it's his for whatever. And to then seek to raise them so that they follow God's will. Take that next right step wherever it may be, even if you don't know what that might lead to. Do you love me? Do you love others? Follow me. Which leads to the last question. Will you reach others? Will you reach others? Verse 15. Feed my lambs. Verse 16. Feed, tend my sheep. Verse 17. Feed my sheep. To reach others, to feed, to care for, to reach out to, requires contact and connection with others. You cannot care for and show love to others without any connection to them or any contact with them. One of the things we discovered in the last two years through the pandemic is technology is awesome and it can have us meet together when we can't really meet together. But it also pointed out the value of gathering like this. Because online, we don't have a strong connection. And I'm not talking about your Wi-Fi. We may have some sight, but no contact. You see, to love others, to reach others, requires contact and connection. We can't just turn the lights on and unlock the doors and expect the world to come in. We must have contact and connection so they see Jesus in us. So they might come to Jesus for them. Now, I do confess Contact and connection, loving others, reaching others, reaching out to others, being decisively engaged does not guarantee the outcome with others. But it does guarantee that I'm being obedient, decisively engaged in God's mission and call. How engaged are you? With Christ? Is it decisively so or casually so? Is it passive or active? Do you love him? Do your actions show that you love him? Do you love others? Do your actions show that you love others? Are you decisively engaged with Christ, his mission, and his call? Jesus thought it so important that in the limited time he had after the resurrection, before he went back to heaven with the Father, he spent that evening drilling down with Peter. Do you love me? Do you love others? Will you follow 
me. So today, we have to answer that question for ourselves. Are you decisively engaged? Heads bowed, eyes closed. I have no clue, haven't had all week, how to finish this morning. So I'm just going to ask, do you need to change how you're engaged with Christ? Because if you're not decisively engaged, you're not really with him. You need to answer the questions. Do you love him? Do you love others that he's called you to love? Will you follow him? Will you be decisively engaged in his mission and his call this week? Jesus, you are the one we're to follow. Not a pastor, not a denomination, not an individual church, not a personality, but you. Lord, this morning, may you confront each heart as you have mine all week with those questions of whether we love you whether we love others, if our actions are showing that. And Lord, the bottom line, are we decisively engaged with you and your mission and your call? And if the answer is no, Lord, may we have the courage to confess that and become decisively engaged to take that next right step from wherever we are right now. Lord, if we're not, and we're not yet ready to take that next step, I pray that your Holy Spirit would simply pursue us and continue to ask those questions. And Lord, if the answer is yes, may we live it out with courage and confidence because you are with us. So Lord, as we go from here today, may we take each step following you. In Jesus' name, I pray for these things. Amen.